thank you this morning. We praise you, we worship you for what he has, you has done in our lives. We thank you, Lord. We honor you. We gather here to honor you, to lift you high, to adore you. We thank you for anything you have done in our life. Father, as we sit down and listen to your word, I pray that Holy Spirit open our eyes and our mind so we can understand your word and apply it in an, into our life. We thank you, Lord Jesus. I surrender this time into your hand. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Today we want to continue. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 to 14. This is the half of chapter 23. I think from this chapter we can learn a lot about God, David, and Saul. So I hope that you can f concentrate in the next 30 minutes to learn from the word of God. So when David ran from uh, Saul for her, his life. He was suffering. And when we heard the word suffering, and if I ask everyone here, we don't want suffering. We don't like suffering. And we fear or we are afraid of suffering. But suffering is not escapable in this life. We have to understand this. Sometimes we do not see the connection between wickedness and suffering or between goodness and non-suffering. Suffering is just random. And now in modern life, we believe that power can protect us from suffering. Human power is always associated with money, wealth, and social status. And we think if we have high social status, and if, if we have enough money, can save us from suffering. When we look at rich people and high-profile people, they would not escape from accident, from illness, from mental illness, from depression, suicide, anything you can name. They experience suffering too. So, when we learn about the Bible, the Bible is a book about suffering. Luke chapter 24, verse 46 says that Jesus Christ should suffer. When Jesus suffered, then goodness and suffering are connected because Jesus is the righteous one. 1 Samuel chapter 23 contains so much suffering. But the verse was in chapter 22. And these chapters become the ground for many psalms. When David talks about suffering. Now we read from 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 to 5. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kaila, are looting the threshing floor. Kaila is a town 
near the border of Judah and Philistine. Threshing floor is the place where the grain was processed to become flour. So the Philistines came to Kaila to rob the flour, the food. And number two, uh, verse two, when David heard about the Philistine robbing the threshing floor, verse two, he inquired of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord saying, shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, go attack the Philistine and save Kaila. But David's men said to him, here in Judea, we are afraid how much more than if we go to Kaila against the Philistines' forces. Once again, David came to God. David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, go down to Kaila, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. I'm going to give the Philistines into your power. You are going to win the battle. This is God's promise. So David and his men went to Kaila, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Kaila. Prayer is very important. And this is very important because this is the first time David direct, David's direct communication with the Lord. He prayed when he heard that the Philistine attacked Kaila. He prayed, he asked God what to do. Well, Saul killed the priest at Nob. 85 priests was killed with their family and animals. So uh, David heard the news that Kaila was attacked by the Philistines. And David prayed. This is the first lesson we should learn from David. David prayed. Do you pray before you decide to do anything? How often in our life we get into trouble because we fail to ask God before we do something. And we pray because we are getting into trouble. And we ask God, God, what's your will? Help me to get out of this situation. We won't get God's answer if we have decided in our heart, our mind, and we have made up our mind. Because we come to God just get God's approval and guidance. That's why God don't want to answer our prayer. So Saul, once Saul has asked God the same question, shall I go down to pursue the Philistines? Would you give the Philistines into Israel's hands? And God did not answer Saul. You can read in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 37. Why? Because Saul was disobedient to God. 
If you want God to answer your prayer, you must surrender uh, and submit your heart to God fully, perfectly. If God say no, yes, accept this. If God say yes, all right, I accept this also. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray is the bread of a Christian. If you call you a Christian, you should pray. Jeremiah chapter, 20, uh, chapter 33, verse 3. God said, call to me. I will answer. Prayer is a privilege for the children of God because we have direct access to our God. So if you are sick, pray. If you are in doubt, pray. Ask your life group or ask someone else to pray for you. Prayer is the answer. If you are undecisive about anything, pray. If you are dealing with problem, pray. If you are seeking for the life partner, pray. That is important. If you work, you pray for your work. In your business, before you decide anything, pray. Prayer is the answer. And that is the brandmark of a Christian. David, David found God's purpose through obedience in the midst of suffering. That's why suffering is good, because we can find God's purpose in our life. When David was told that the Philistines were attacking, it is possible because David, the people knew that David was around or close to the area. So in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 5, the prophet Gad said to David, you should come out or leave, or leave the stronghold. Stronghold is a cave, the hiding place. You should leave the stronghold and go to Judah. This is God's command to David. And David did not refuse and he obeyed God from stronghold go to Judah. If we are in the position of David, that is very risky. And we would ask, is this the voice of God or the voice of Satan? I was in the stronghold and Saul wanted to kill me and I moved from stronghold to Judah. And on the other side, there is a chance for David to promote to get popularity for himself. Because David was a warrior. When God is a warrior and he can come anytime to attack the Philistine and he would win. And he, and he will prove to people that I am the anointed one. God with me. But David did not do that. He came to God. He prayed to God and ask God what to do. David was called to Judah. When God gave a David command to go to Judah, God did not give David the reason why I should go to Judah. No. And he said, 
and God said, go to Judah because God has purpose for David. And God have a mission for David to fulfill in Judah. So, when David praying, seeking God's wisdom and counsel, God answered David, go and attack the Philistine in Kaila. And David's followers were not happy. Here at, they said, here at Judah, we are so afraid from stronghold, from cave, hiding place to Judah. And now you want to save Kaila against the Philistine. Do you want to expose yourself to Saul so that you get killed? And then the follower, and they said again, you have already one problem with Saul that is big enough. Why do you want to risk your life to save Kaila? This is very logical for human mind. We learn from David. He didn't argue with his follower. Again, he came to God and asked God what to do. So, in our life, in our Christian life, if we want to obey God, is always an opposition, like David's follower. And this is the Christian mindset also. If we think we have problem, I think I should stop serving God. And I think after I resolve my problem, I continue to serve God. That is wrong. That is not God's way. Even though you are suffering, you must continue to serve God. Because during the uh, suffering, God reveal your purpose to you. Do not stop if you think you have a problem. The Lord and the Lord said to David when he prayed, go down to Kaila, save Kaila, because I'm going to give the Philistine into your hand. You are going to win the battle. You are going to defeat the Philistines. This is God's promise. We see God's protection and God's mission or purpose always work together. This is amazing about our God. When God asks us to do something, if we obey him, walk by faith and follow him, we are going to find out the purpose behind the command. And there are also rewards for our obedience. David obey God. And God protect David. Behind the command, God promote David. God train David to be the next kings. And God reward him with people and livestock through obedience. Now we can learn from connection 
between the command and the promise. The command shouldn't stay in stronghold. Move to Judah. Fight against the Philistine and save Kaila. This is God's command to David. The promise, I'm going to give the Philistines into your hand. This is God's promise. The command, the God's command is always uh, like this. Sometimes it's not reasonable. It doesn't make sense and it is frightening for us. But after the promise proved true, it will be realized that God's command is completely realistic. We need to walk to obey God by faith. God's command never separated from God's promises. Now God's command for us, go and make disciples of all nations. God's promise. I am with you always at the end, until the end of the age. This is God's promise. And God said to us, do not worry about your life. God's promise, your heavenly father, look after the bird and the lily on the valley. You are more valuable than the bird and the lilies. God's command, call to me and I will answer you. This is God's promise. And God said, do not be afraid. I will not, God's promise, I will not leave you nor forsake you. In Christian life, suffering and blessing work together. We should, as Christians, expect suffering in our life. We cannot escape suffering. <coughs> so we need to set our expectation right. Too often we expect our career to take off without our faith creating problem for, for us. We think we can just take off, but our faith sometimes create problem for our career. And we expect to share the gospel without opposition. So when we are more concerned about God and his people, about God and his command, and we, if we more concerned about God and his purpose in our life, we will, God will surprise us with his protection, his provision, and his rewards in our life. So if you are suffering this morning, continue to pray and pray and pray and obey God. Wait and see until God's promises come true in your life. Now verse 6, David and Abiathar. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David to Kaila, he came down with an ephod in his hand. I take it from Revised Standard Version. The other version uh, said, uh, Abiatar come with an ephod. But this one said, Abiatar come with an ephod in his hand. So Abiatar survived the Saul, uh, the mass killing by Saul in Nob. And 
he brought an ephod and he met David. And David say, that is in chapter 1 Samuel chapter 22, the last part. David said, the one who want to kill you, want to kill me also. Stay with me and you will be safe. He said to Abiatar. So what is an ephod? Ephod is, was a garment who wore by the priest at the Old Testament time so that the king can have access or direct communication with the Lord, get directly answer from the Lord through the priest and ephod. Ephod with uh, the breastplate with two urim and tumim, and we don't know exactly how it works, but it works for direct communication between the king and the Lord. So we can see here, while Saul killed the priests at Nob, 85 priests with their family and their animal, God showed his goodness to David. David has access for, uh, uh, with a priest and with an ephod. God was doing good to David. So uh, now verse 7 to 13. Saul was told that David had gone to Kaila, and he said, God has delivered him into my hand, for David had, has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. Now, does that make sense? He just killed the priest at Nob, and he said, God has favored him, and give David into his hand. This is delusional. Saul deceived himself. After he killed the priest and he thought that God was on his side. Verse 8. And Saul called up all his forces for battle to go down to Kaila to besiege David and his men. <coughs> David went down to Kaila to save Kaila. Saul planned to go to Kaila to destroy Kaila because of David. And we can learn from this passage, from this verse, as Christian, we don't, don't be like Saul, fighting against one another. In the church, don't fight against each other. We have common enemy. We should uh, fight against our enemy, not against each other. Saul wanted to kill David, wanted to destroy Kyla because of David, his own son-in-law. Now we continue. When David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the effort. David said, Lord God of Israel, he referred God as the Lord of Israel. Israel, and he referred himself as the servant of God. 
Lord God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Kaila and destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizen of Kaila surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord say, he will. You see, David saved Kaila. And God told David, the people of Kaila prepare to surrender him and his people to Saul. If we save someone, we think that people will save us in return. But the people of Kaila, because they're afraid of Saul, they would prepare to surrender uh, David to Saul. This is betrayal. Then David continue in his prayer. With the citizen of Kaila surrender me to him, will Saul come down as your servant has, uh, sorry, and uh, verse 12. Again, David said, David asked, will the citizen of Kaila surrender me and my man to Saul? And the Lord said, they will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Kaila and gave and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was, Saul was told that David has escaped from Kaila, he did not go to Kaila. He canceled his plan. He wanted to destroy Kaila just because of David. Now we look at Saul, the anointed king. When Saul was anointed by Samuel, God said to Samuel, Saul should deliver Israel from the Philistines. This is uh, Saul's job's description. Deliver Israel from the Philistines. Now, Saul disobeyed God. When Saul disobeyed God, there is no reference in the Bible that Saul had repented. And then Saul became angry because he was jealous to David. The women sing, uh, David has, uh, Saul has killed ten of thousand, uh, ten, uh, Saul has killed thousand, but David had killed tens of thousand. He was jealous and angry. And there is no repentance from Saul. And then he become, he attempt to murder David. After he attempt, attempted to murder David, he did not want to repent. And he became a murderer. He murdered 85 priests and their family and their animals. And at the end, Saul also don't want, did not want to repent. Saul deceived himself. After he killed the priest at Nob, he still believed that God was on his side. God has favor for him. This is delusional. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. 
do not deceive yourself. Our thought and our emotion can lie to us. Believing when something is true, we say that is wrong. When something in fact is wrong, we say that is true. That is delusional. Be careful. How can a person deceive himself? As some Christian, they violated the word of God, but they still believe that God speak to them and God on his side. How can a person deceive himself? Obadiah chapter 1, Obadiah only one chapter, verse 3, it says, the pride of your heart that deceive you. Oh, uh, another reference in Jeremiah, the pride of your heart that deceive you. When pride, when you allow pride to live in your heart, pride can lie to you because pride make you think I am the center of the universe. You can do anything what you want because of lie. Second Thessalonians chapter, te, chapter 2, verse 10 to 11, I read the, uh, only the last part. Wickedness deserves those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be safe. Protect if you want to be protected from self Deception, love the truth. The Bible is the truth of God. God allows strong delusion to come upon people in the last day because they have refused to love the truth. Delusion. When we think that power, money, wealth, social status can save us from suffering and from trouble, this is delusional. <clears throat> when God say, that is wrong, and you say, everyone doing the same thing, there is nothing wrong. That is delusion. Now, we learn from David. David had no fault. He ran for his life from Saul because of Saul's jealousy. First one, God trained and prepare David to be the next king. The first one. When David saved Kyla from the Philistine, David was not under Saul's authority. David was directly under God's authority because he asked God what to do when he heard the news. And God said, go attack the Philistine. He worked under God's authority because God was preparing him for the next king. Well, David prayed and asked for God's wisdom and counsel. Saul's guidance and answer come from Doeg, the Edomite. Doeg was the spy of Saul. You can see the difference. When God commanded Samuel uh, to, anoint Dev, uh, to anoint Saul, the Saul job's description is to save Israel from the Philistine. And now, since 
David fought Goliath, David's mission is to save Israel from the Philistines. David took over Saul's job description. During his exile, God gave David 400 people in the cave of Adullam who were disconnected, who were in doubt, who uh, in debt, who were distressed. And David became their commander because he, God had prepared him to be the next king. He became the commander of 400 people. When David obeyed God from cave to Judah, and he obeyed God to save Kailah from the Philistine, God give him more reward. God added 200 people to David's follower. And he gave David livestock and animal and resources. In chapter 20, 1 Samuel chapter 22, David was poor. He asked Abiatar for sword, for food. But in chapter 23, we see David's maturity in God. He asked God, he prayed to God, he asked for God's counsel and wisdom, and God reward him with animal, livestock, and resources. Last one, David was accessible to the priest and the ephod. We see God's goodness to David through his obedience. David's story is a picture of Jesus Christ, who is called the son of David. Luke chapter 24, verse 40 says, Christ must suffer because he took our judgment so that we would be safe. And he also experienced betrayal like David. Now verse 14, the last verse. David stay in the wilderness stronghold and in the hill of the desert of Sib. Day by day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hand. This is very important and very encouraging for us. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but God did not give David into his hand. If God in our sight, who can come against us? David was not chased by random people or random gang. He was chased by a king, Israel's king. And you know, as a king, everyone will voluntarily become king's spy to get the king's favor. But God, as long as God did not allow anyone to touch David, it will not happen. If God doesn't allow any, anything to happen to our life, it won't be happen. We thanks God. We worship a powerful and mightyful God. His power is over the king. God bless you.
uh, let us pray. Father, we pray this morning for those who have problems, who suffer. Father, we pray that they continue to love you, to obey you, to walk by faith, even though there is no reason, even though they can't see anything. Lord, I pray that they walk by faith and follow you until your promise come through in their life. Father, we pray this morning. We thank you, even though in the suffering, your grace is enough for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray.